Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 73 of Impact Boom podcast. My name is Rachel Stevens. I'm a contributing editor at Impact Boom, and I'm passionate about meeting and working with others who share our mutual drive for creating positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Simon Doble, an inventor and social impact entrepreneur who specializes in creating innovative solar energy solutions for the humanitarian, off-grid, sport and recreation sectors. He founded the Doble Group in 2012 with a vision to develop innovatively designed and superior performing solar light solutions for the millions of refugees living in energy poverty. Simon was a founding member of the Global Off-Grid Lighting Association and was an early member of Lighting Africa. He was a founding member of the Moving Energy Initiative of Chatham House, London, UK, and an initiative funded by DFID to develop an understanding of the solar needs of refugees across the world. Simon was also a member of the UNHCR committee to include solar products as a core relief item for all refugees and internally displaced peoples around the world. Simon is also the CEO of SolarBuddy.org, which was created as a way to educate and empower the next generation of Australians towards a more sustainable future and make a positive impact on the lives of children living in energy poverty via its innovative solar light school program. Simon is also the founder of Boo Boo Bikes, a range of natural bamboo bikes handmade in Ghana, West Africa and assembled in Australia. A humanitarian at heart, Simon is determined to create socially aware businesses and projects. On today's podcast, we'll discuss Simon's insights into how to create meaningful social impact for a range of different people. We'll explore his own journey and experiences across the social enterprise and charity sectors, and Simon will share his thoughts on government policy and the future of impact-driven initiatives. Simon, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. All right. To start things off, could you please share a bit about your background and what led you down the path of social entrepreneurship? Yeah, sure. Obviously, I grew up in the UK. I left I left the UK many years ago now and, and travelled the world on my way to Australia. That gave me um, a lot of insights into people around the world who live differently and the disparity of wealth. So that, that gave me a, a footing. But I think I've always had a strong social compass, to be honest with you. My parents installed that in me from a very young age, looking at the world in a fair light and in a sort of level to playing field aspect. So I'm very proud of that and very proud of my parents for instilling that in me. And as I've looked back for this purpose, for this interview, I, I sort of, I think I've had a more of a inclusive rather than exclusive philosophy for business. And I think I've brought that to almost everything I've done in, in my career. And I guess over the last 10 years, it's just naturally developed to, to what we have now, which is, which is a suite of social enterprises that, that I'm very, very proud of. But I think, I think it all started from, from my parents, to be honest with you. They, they just instilled in me the, the, the right and wrong way of going around whatever you do, and, and it's just stemmed from that, to be honest with you. Oh, fantastic. Sounds like it's been a part of you from a young age then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's been um, there's been some 
you know, some ups and downs like there is in everybody's life and, and they form your personality and your beliefs and, and your philosophies. And, you know, I've always, I've always tried to have that ability to, to be positive in, in, in everything we do. And that, that's, that's the backbone of a social enterprise, I feel. Yeah, perfect. So you founded the Doble Group back in 2012. Can you tell us a bit more about what you do there and, and why you started it? Sure. So the Double Group essentially started from one simple idea, one simple innovation based around structural lighting, which was answering a need for both safer and better lighting within refugee and natural disaster situations, but also for more convenient lighting within recreational circumstances. I, I, I took the philosophy that people that live in, um, and they're unfortunate to be in situations of, in refugee camps and displaced by natural disasters, they're in many ways in the same boat as people that go camping, but it's forced upon them. I read an article about the energy poverty situation in, in refugee camps in different places around the world and sat down and basically invented and designed a new solution um, by incorporating the lighting in, in batteries inside the hollow tent poles of those tents, um, hence creating structural lighting. Same philosophy as us walking into our, um, our homes at, at night and turning on the light switch by the door. We know where the light switch is. We know the lights are in the ceiling and, and, and that's part of the building. I took that philosophy and implemented that into a, into a refugee tent. Um, so now people can walk into a tent and they know where the lights are, they know where the light switch is. And I took that to uh, the headquarters of UNHCR in Geneva in 2011. We managed to get an audience there and it was very well received. And the birth of the double group stems from that ultimately. Fantastic. Sounds like a really inspiring innovation. Yeah, yeah. It's, at, at its core, the idea was trying to uh, create a better standard of living for people in, in a very, very, very uh, difficult situation. And by creating light in a safer environment for children to, to live in and women to, to live in was a huge thing for me at that particular time of my life. I was in a, going through a messy divorce, to be honest with you, and, and it, was a, it, was a good, uh, it was a good thing to be a part of. Oh, fantastic. Uh, so just over two years ago now, you became the CEO of Solar Buddy, which is another a really interesting organization bringing about some massive social change. Can you please tell us more about SolarBuddy uh, and the impact that it's creating there? I'd love to. So with, with the Global Group and the innovations there, we've, we've worked with UNHCR and, and a lot of UN organizations, the Red Cross and Red Crescent and stuff. And that, that took me on a path of learning about energy poverty and the implications of energy poverty and how it affects millions and millions, billions of people around the world. That, that knowledge that I gained was really impactful on me as a, as a person. And um, basically some stats around energy poverty, you know, 4.3 million people die every year from, from energy poverty. Economically, people that have no electricity spend between 25 and 40% of their income on energy, i.e. firewood or kerosene. And it's a chronic, terrible problem. And this, this learning and, and developing solutions for people that live in these situations resulted in my team and I sitting down one day and, and deciding we needed to do something more about the awareness side of, of this issue. We can develop solutions for it all day long as far as you know products and stuff, but we wanted to do something bigger and better, and, and Solar Buddy was born out of that frustration of lack of awareness. So we basically developed a, an education program that we go into schools now and we talk about energy poverty and renewable energy and, and, and how to be a good global citizen. The children learn. They learn about children just like them elsewhere in the world. That when the sun sets, they have they have no light, so they can't read and, and they can't do their homework. Mm -hmm. And part of the course is they end up making their own little solar lights in their classrooms, and they write little letters to their solar buddies, 
and we distribute those lives to children all over the world. Very innovative, first time it's ever been done. We started 18 months ago, and you know, in, in our first 18 months of operation, we, we've worked in over 360 schools all around Australia. We've spoken and dealt with over 100,000 students. We've launched a workplace giving and, and corporate social responsibility program. It's been rolled out to 49 different corporations in 15 countries, discussing our program with over 4,300 employees. So these are huge numbers. You know, we, we've distributed over 36,000 solar lights to children all over the world in 19 different countries. And that's all in 18 months from, from a very, very small startup budget. So it's something we're very, very proud of. Yeah, the scale of the impact you guys have been able to create in that time space is just incredible. Yeah, I'll talk a little bit later about people setting off on their social innovation or social enterprise path, but ultimately it comes down to passion and, and, and conviction. Mm-hmm. We believe in what we're doing is, is right, and when you have that passion about it, people can't say no, and, and uh, the outcomes are so positive. Mm-hmm. Children are learning here. They're becoming more globally aware. They're being part of a solution. We fit into the curriculum, so what they're learning is has real-life, tangible benefits. And then obviously the children at the other end are having a, a life-changing gift from another child that, that keeps them safe and healthy and, and gives them an environment where they can read books, which, you know, there's, there's something very marvellous about the whole the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, it's really great the way it can connect so many different elements there. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So we've we got, we got a big future ahead of us. We, we, uh, we're working very closely with the uh, UN Sustainable Development Goals, mm. um, focusing on number 7 and 17, obviously. And we're really, we're really proud to promote our, our program, you know, to as many people as possible. So 2015 must have been a pretty busy year for you. Uh, not long after becoming CEO at Solar Buddy, you also founded Boo Boo Bikes, which uh, is another inspiring social enterprise which focuses on social and sustainable impact. Could you tell our listeners a little more about what your team are working on there? Sure. So Boo Boo Bikes is a beautiful model as well. I met a, an amazing lady called Bernice Dupar in Brussels uh, a few years ago. Uh, Bernice runs an organization called Ghana Bamboo Bikes Initiative. She's a true African social entrepreneur and has done amazing work all on her own in central Ghana. She developed Ghana Bamboo Bikes Initiative as a, as a vehicle to help her local female community gain skills to create income. Basically, they cut down bamboo. Every bamboo plant they cut down, they plant another five, so it's very sustainable in that sense. And they make hand-built, very beautiful bamboo pushbike frames, and they're, they're stunning. And the first time I ever met Bernice, she was stood at a conference. It was a it was a humanitarian aid organization conference, and um, she was just stood there with this beautiful bamboo bike, and I was just mesmerized by it. And I said to her, "Then I don't know how we're going to work together, but we're going to work together." A few years later, now we're just getting boo-boo bikes into the conversation in Australia. So the idea is we bring the frames over from Ghana. We're going to build little, what I call boo-boo hubs in each capital city in, in Australia, which are a sort of focal point for the product, but also have you know sustainable ethical coffee shops and, and different environments going on in these hubs. And the idea of the hubs are we use wasteland within you know the urban area of, of each city, and it's fully they're fully self-sustainable. So they have their own power source, they have their own water source. Um, there's no footings that are going to be built out of shipping containers. And the idea of that is to really highlight how urban dwellings can become fully self-sustainable using their own power and their own water and, and such, whilst we're promoting and, and developing a, a bamboo bike brand. And the people that we hope to employ within these hubs are 
you know, going to be disenfranchised and we're going to bring them in and give them skills. So, again, we've, we've got this sort of bookend goodness of what's going on in Ghana is, is being replicated within Australia. And it's all wrapped around a beautiful, very cool, very, very good-looking push bike that's very innovative, very sustainable. And then we develop a, a further brand off, off the back of that uh, to raise awareness about what can be developed and what can be produced in, in a faraway land that people don't really know too much about. I think it's actually cool. It's actually people want to own and that's something very special as well so I'm proud to be a part of that. Yeah another very multifaceted uh, organization you're building there. <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh, it's it's good we've got great people around us great great people that want to work with us yeah again I'm very pleased to be a part of it. So. Yeah fantastic. Simon how have you seen the social enterprise sector transform over the last five years and where do you see the social enterprises uh, heading into the future? Uh, that's a great question. I've, you know, been been around this space a long time now. The big, the big thing for me is the question marks on people's minds when you talk about what you do aren't so prevalent. They aren't, they aren't so obvious. You know, in a not too distant past, people would say, "Oh, what do you do?" And you describe a business, and, and they, you know, if they they couldn't differentiate where you fit in in the in the economic scale. You're either business or charity. Now there's very much a distinct awareness of what social enterprise is. The power of social enterprise and how it can impact change um, is a lot more obvious and a lot more knowledge. People know more about it. That's probably the biggest thing for me. I don't have to answer quite so many questions about the purpose of what we do anymore, which is really nice. And there's there's a there's a greater there's a greater opportunity for for funding into the sector now. You know, investors. Uh, VCs, those sorts of guys, they, they, they're aware of the power of a social enterprise and, and its ability to be run and operated by experienced business people that, that just want to do the right thing. And that keeps shareholders happy as well. So that's a good thing. It's changed massively in the last five years. So with your experience in mind, what advice would you give to a budding social entrepreneur uh, who has begun to work and grow and scale their own enterprise? Okay, um, it's a cliche, but I'm always going to come back to the same three points. For me, it's persistence, it's conviction, and it's passion. If you have those three things, you know, hopefully in spades, then uh, then you, you'll get through it. It's the same in anything, whether it's social enterprise or enterprise or, or anything you're doing, I feel. Persistence is key, even when it's tough, and it's those days that you get tested. And, and when you think you're nearly there, you're only just getting started. That's a huge lesson to learn. Conviction. If you if you uh, if you carry a lot of conviction into into everything you do, as as well as passion, the the likelihood of success is is that much higher. I feel certainly in a social enterprise arena, passion and conviction are, are massively important. If you're breaking the mold of, of how people look at a business or how you look at what you're trying to do, then you have to have the conviction that you know what you're doing and you know that how you're going to do it is the right way. And then people will will jump on board as well. And, and you need people to believe in you. So. Yeah, of course. So looking at social enterprise from a policy perspective now, uh, what do you believe needs to be done by government to help foster and support an innovative social enterprise sector? Um, I could be a little bit contentious on this, um, <laughs> to be honest with you. I feel, I feel strongly about social enterprise. I feel strongly about people that are driving this sector forward. I feel they should be given more reins and more opinions and uh, be allowed to speak their minds a little bit more to drive it. I think government is becoming more and more relevant in this space. They try to become relevant. They try to offer support to innovative things and, and, and different agendas. But ultimately, I, I felt frustrated with government policy. I've been the recipient of 
supporting grants and stuff, but then you have to deal with the change of government and the change of policy and, and you're back to square one. And I find that very, very frustrating. They really need to start having more proactive partnerships if they are going to grow their opinion in this space. They have to be, the partnerships have to continue regardless of who's in power, what party's in power. And you can't build a long-term partnership with the government if you feel in six months' time when there's a policy change or, or, or a party change that everything goes is going to be to waste anyway. So mm. I feel it's up to us just to plow on and get on with it and, and look after ourselves and, and, um, and light the way and, and lead the charge. And, uh, and that's what we're doing anyway, so let's just keep doing it. Yeah, that's great. All um, very useful advice for anyone starting out, I'm sure. What other inspiring projects or initiatives have you come across recently which are creating some interesting positive social change? Well, there's a couple. Well, there's a, there's a lot to be honest with you. There's a lot. I could go on. I could go on and on and on. And, and I'm lucky to be uh, to have a lot to put over my table at my desk that I'm really impressed to see. But uh, a couple spring to mind. There's an organisation coming out of Logan, a power station in Logan, which is a incubator. Uh, it's called Power Wells, and it's an innovative product turning electronic waste, what's known as e-waste, like old laptops, batteries, old solar panels and old TVs, into a self-contained energy supply system, which is which is really quite cool. They're taking all the waste of, of what we we regard as waste and turning that into something very useful for, for people that don't have any such luxuries. So so that's that's really cool. It's obviously in my space, so yeah. it's uh it's what I'm interested in. And uh, I, I know the guys, they're they're really passionate, they're really determined and, and they will be a success. And they're off to uh, Indonesia shortly to test uh, their first 100 power wells. They're, they're called power wells in remote communities. So um, I wish them all the best, and hopefully they get a they get a little bit of a shout out from this, which would be nice. So um, hi Brad, keep keep working hard. Then another one is is another great innovation. Darcy, a guy at uh, University of New South Wales, he's writing his thesis on this. This is um, it's basically again it's in my space. It's a solar powered extractor fan. So there's huge issues within developing countries and remote communities um, cooking open fires and, and such in, inside their homes or, or huts. And there's no chimneys, there's no, there's no escape for the smoke, and it's, and it's terrible. The big drive is, is to solve that by using solar cookers or other biomass cookers, which has a slow technology uptake. So Darcy's working on an on a extractor fan to bridge the gap between what they're currently using and what they will use maybe in you know 10 years 15 years or, or hopefully a lot sooner than that so that's a great innovation as well great social change built build around that certainly in developing countries so i wish them both very well uh, a lot of luck great i can see uh, definitely why those two you know innovative <laughs> projects came to mind for you definitely in your space yeah definitely in my space <laughs> uh, so to finish off simon what are the top three books you'd recommend for our listeners Okay, I, I struggled with these. Um, as a as a children's book author, I was gonna I was gonna list the books that I wrote, but I won't. That's a little bit too narcissistic. But <laughs> the uh, the first one I have here is the Innovator's Dilemma, which is a which is a bit of a bible as far as innovations are concerned. It's by Clayton M. Christensen, and uh, it's a it's a must read. Second of that is the Art of Happiness by the Dalai Lama. I, yeah. I, I believe in that book and in uh, the philosophies of it. And then another strong book, which is business orientated, is Sir Alex Ferguson. Now he's the ex-manager uh, of Manchester United, and 
through the um, Harvard Business School, he wrote a book called Leading. And on the back of it, there's a quote that I think is very powerful that resonates with me. Basically, he says, my job was to make everyone understand that the impossible was possible. That's the difference between leadership and management. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that, that really resonates with the conversation we've had about social innovation, social enterprise. We've really got to try and make people believe that what we're doing is possible. Yeah, that sounds like a really great, diverse list of books, so we'll have to check them out. Simon, thank you very much for your generous insights and time today. Really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter. Thank you.